Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes y'all from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program on the internet, live, but then also for on-demand consumption in the podcast. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook listen to us on the podcast which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there at the helm today making us sound good she is the duchess of the dorks she is no longer bespectacled no She's Ashley pickle they will get my contacts in today they're kind of bugging me i probably should have brought my glasses with me when do you get shot number two same day as you okay uh, next wednesday next wednesday mm-hmm. so are we just canceling the show thursday I think it's probably wise yeah. if we just don't do that show because I've heard that it can kind of kick your butt. And, yeah. And and if we were both, that's good that we're both getting it. So hopefully we can be back on the saddle Friday. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the way on the drive in, and I was like, ooh, I should probably tell Pickle we're probably not doing the show next Thursday. Yeah. Because I just might not feel good. Today is Tuesday, March thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Two hundred forty days till Thanksgiving. Episode one thousand one hundred thirty six. One thousand one hundred thirty six. The OPS for Sam Huff. In his illustrious Texas Rangers career, he is the all-time leader among Texas Rangers, all-time, in career OPS as a Ranger, If you, as long as you have at least 10 uh, at-bats. He has 31 at-bats. He will play for the Rangers again this year, but he currently leads with 1,136 as his OPS. Um, there is, if you're interested, and I know you are, the uh-huh. all-time leaders to begin with, are it's tied between John Wetland, the all-star closer, okay. and Mike Jeffcoat, both of, both of whom have one at bat with an RBI double. That's it. Fantastic. It's their whole hitting career. You still haven't been inside the stadium, right? No. The new one? Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. Some I'm of my not. buddies went to an expo- exhibition yeah, game last night. This game on uh, one o'clock today too. Yeah, they they said it was awesome. Yeah, I've heard it's I've heard it's nice. Awesome I've heard it's nice. Our friend Matt Wilson's been telling me nice things about uh, it too. Yes. So um I I'll get out there eventually. I gotta get double vaxxed and then I gotta mm-hmm. and then I gotta find a way to get out there. But in any case. To uh, I already did that. Do I first <laughs> through the door? <laughs> 
Our I was pets about, to do, the whole, about to do the whole <laughs> intro like, again. No, don't, yes, don't need to do yes, that. Yes, yes, yo. No. <laughs> Shut it down. Uh, Rob Hathaway, Matthew McSpadden, Ryan Smiga, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. Hello, friends. On today's show, guys, we're going to take a look at what Steve Sarkeesian's offense should look like at the University of Texas. In the back half of the show, it's Hot Take Tuesday. We should be joined. Should be joined <laughs> by Greg Powers uh, of Next Level Athlete. So if you like Powers, guess what? This is your week. This is your week. We got. We're going. Uh, this is the Power Zone um, for two days. Yeah, two days special edition Power Zone it really coverage. Is. It's extended. <laughs> it's it's expanded Greg Powers coverage, which is what the people. Uh, we will talk about his piece up on TexasFootball.com about why you should play defense if you want to go to the NFL in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to come up here at the back half of the program. But first, pickle. Let's start by talking about. Uh, the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. University of Texas is a public school in uh, a public college in uh, Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, their athletic programs are known as the Longhorns. Very cool. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think they have like a Bevo. They have a good bit. They have a good business school. What is Texas known for? Yeah, like their business, business school. school. Is yep. that it? That's the mm-hmm. one. I'm not smart enough to understand. Business yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the like, Mac- sure, whatever. The Macomb School of Business. Yes, is, that's, is what they're that's known a good for. One. Okay. So, let's talk about their football team and their new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, who will take over this Longhorns program. And a lot of his, the, I mean, one of the big reasons that he is coming in and being hired as the new coach at the University of Texas is because of what he has done as an offensive coordinator throughout the course of his career. Because mm-hmm. even as... He was, um, even when he was at Washington and then at USC, he was known as an offensive guy. He's an offensive, you know, guru. He was a quarterback, played in uh, at BYU, and then played in the CFL for a bit before he got into coaching. Uh, and he is known as an offensive guru. Mm-hmm. But I would say that most people, most recently, know him for his last stop, which was as the offensive Bama. coordinator for the past two years at, at the University of Alabama for Nick Saban. <clears throat> Before that, he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, et cetera, et cetera. So, I wanted to take a look because I think it's I think one of the things that people are, are doing is saying, "Oh, well, Steve Sarkeesian, they're gonna they're gonna bring him in, and he's gonna have this offensive wizardry, and suddenly their offense is gonna be good." Mm-hmm. And and that's not wrong. <laughs> but hold up, but a little. <laughs> it is also I think a very basic understanding of the situation. So what I did over the past couple of days is I kind of dove in to what makes Steve Sarkeesian's offense go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a couple things you can watch. If I were on Twitter, I'd tweet it out. But there is a um, there's a whole, he has an entire clinic up uh, that he did for, um, that he did at some point back in, um, um, 20, in 2020 where he was breaking down what Alabama's offense did in 2019 mm-hmm. and a lot of his schemes uh, that he goes through there. And he's also talked pretty extensively about what he does and, and what, what they're able to, you know, w- how his offense operates. Mm-hmm. And so I guess first and foremost, and, and every coach in the world is going to say, well, uh, we're going to establish the run. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And, and that's true. I think every coach in the world, maybe minus Mike Leach, wants to go out <laughs> there and run the ball effectively. Right. And that's true. If you go back, though, and take a look, for example, at last year's Alabama team. Receiver on receiver on receiver. <laughs> this was a team that was in the bottom half as far as 
their how often they ran the ball. Mm-hmm. They only ran the ball fifty one percent of the time. It's about a fifty about a fifty between fifty one fifty two percent versus forty nine forty eight percent run pass split, which, which is pretty pretty basic. I mean that's pretty. And that's pretty air rady. That's pretty right. pass heavy. Which again, it does make me wonder with having two of the best wide receivers in college football, if maybe right. that played a little bit into it. You know, well, I think par- part of it is personnel. Right? right. Part of it is you you fit the scheme to your personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Texas under Tom Herman ran the ball a lot with their quarterback because their quarterback was Sam Ellinger. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think one thing that's important to note when you're taking a look at that is that. He's going to talk a big game about we want to run the ball, we want to run the ball. And I do think that that is true. Mm-hmm. He does want to run the ball. But this is an offense that is going to require a lot of their from their quarterback, mm-hmm. specifically from a reading perspective. And one thing I think that <clears throat> he, he had a quote, and I think this was in his, was, I think it was his introductory press conference or something like that. He has a quote out there. He says, quote, what I, believe, uh, what I believe in running the ball is that if you give the quarterback too many options, all you do is throw the ball. Well, at some point, in my opinion, you lose the identity of your program and you lose the identity of physicality and toughness that this game is built upon. This is a physical sport, end quote. And so, <clears throat> one thing I think is very interesting is a lot of his offense you're going to hear the the phrase RPO run pass option a lot that's a, that's what his offense is fundamentally based around and if you go through what his offense really does he likes to he he he, he puts the the he puts it into the quarterback's hands mm-hmm. and says you make the read a lot of the a lot of the times but he also kind of limits their choices. There is a let me get into parenting for a moment, okay? <laughs> there is a, a a parenting strategy called love and logic, mm-hmm. where what you do is you present your child with choices, but they're both choices that you're okay with, right? Right. Yeah. So that you say, uh, I go to Hank and I say, Hank, do you want to eat uh, some raspberries or do you want to eat some blueberries? Mm-hmm. I'm happy either way because he's eating fruit, right? You know what I mean? But do you want to have raspberries or blueberries? You have options, but you limit them. But you limit them. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think is really interesting in diving into uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense and a lot of his offense, I think his, the base of his offense in the in the run-pass option game, mm-hmm. is we'll let you throw the ball. Because I think quarterbacks want to throw the ball. Right. Quarterbacks don't want to hand off the ball. They, they want to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. But we're basically going to give you only one read. Yeah. That you're going to go, it's going to be fundamentally a two-read type of thing. Mm-hmm. You're where either you going to either it give off. it. Mm-hmm. Or there is one receiver who's going to be available to you. Right. Everything else is off the table. You go back and look at a lot of their plays that that Alabama ran. If they run, um, you know, uh, they'll they'll run a tight end and then two receivers to the left, one receiver to the right, and mm-hmm. then a running back standing besides Mac Jones. What'll happen is that Mac Jones will put the ball in the belly of the other running back, and all he's doing is he is he is uh, he is watching the other receiver. Mm-hmm. He's watching the receiver and saying, okay, does this receiver have an angle? Where is the safeties? Uh, things like that. And then he pulls it back. And if he ne- if, if that guy is open, he'll throw it to him. Mm-hmm. But if not, he incentivizes giving handing it off. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that, that I found particularly interesting about studying what Steve Sarkeesian does is that he is not a guy who's going to say, uh, okay, well, if you don't hand the ball off, you're going to have five different receivers you can throw to. Right. Right? Uh, instead, he's like, 
we want to make this as, as simple as possible, and we want to get back to that physicality. So I want to limit what you're able, you know, what you're able to do. And I think Longhorn fans hearing that are going to go, hmm, "Well, we have Bajon Robinson. Sure, they've you got know the, what that works got the perfect well. Yeah, they've you got know? the personnel, right? Um, another thing that he will do is then he will trick you into. He, he will then want, run what they call kind of glance plays or illusion plays mm-hmm. where they will they will make it and, and, and you've got to be you got to be consistent with your selling of the play action and stuff like that but he will sell it in the sense of making safeties and making defensive backs think that it's a run pass option when instead it is it is kind of a fake run pass option mm-hmm. you are always going to pull it and throw mm-hmm. that's when you send out more receivers and suddenly oh wait, Instead of being able to just key on this one guy, mm-hmm. we suddenly have all these other guys we have to go cover. That's another a kind of wrinkle to his to his offense. And when they would hit trips on the side like that, that's sure. when those bombs sure. would go right. downfield. And that's you know that's one thing that that you know part of it is that you go back to the the talent that they had on cam- on campus at Alabama, but this was a team that led the nation in yards per pass. Uh, this was a team that pushed the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I want you to keep an, another, well, two other things. One, you're going to see a lot of crossing routes. One of the things that Steve Sarkeesian mentions a lot is that he really wants to get, um, he really wants to get that uh, those rubs. He really wants to get, um, you know, he wants to get um, off uh, receivers covering man to man, and then have guys run near each other so that hopefully, ideally, they run into each other, something like that, you you spring them in. Mm-hmm. You're, so you're going to see a lot of crossing routes, especially in front of safeties, to make safeties choose a man which way they're going to go, Right. put safeties in uncomfortable positions. The other thing I think is really interesting, I think you're going to see, and they did this a lot uh, at Alabama, you're going to see a lot of guys, you're going to see a lot of running backs catching the ball. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of running backs catching the ball. Yep. And I think, you know, whenever you, you, you know, especially when you're talking about just straight up passing game, when you're talking about straight drop back passing, um, I think the first read and the quick read, if you want to call it the hot route, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is going to be to the running back. Yeah. It's going to be the running back who's running a, a, a swing pass, who's running a rail route, who's running a wheel route, who's running whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. some sort of route. That's going to be the first run, the first read because, in, to hear Steve Sarkeesian say it, that is one of the least defended players on the on the field. Right, the running back out of the backfield because more often than not, uh, you're going to have a linebacker on him, mm-hmm. or more often than not, he's going to be able to get a step on whoever is covered. Yep. And even if you're just making him that quick read and all you're doing is picking up a quick six yards, mm-hmm. well, it's a quick six yards. Right. So that's one thing that I thought was particularly interesting is that over the course of watching Steve Sarkeesian over the past couple of years and, and the tape that Alabama's had, and yes, look, obviously it certainly helps that you have Najee Harris, right? Mm-hmm. You have outstanding receivers. That is <laughs> yeah. one thing that's going to be that, that I think goes without that, uh, goes without saying. But like Najee Harris caught 43 balls for 425 yards and four touchdowns last year. Yeah, I mean, forty-three balls is a lot yeah. for a running back. And then he would just hurdle over whoever he well, could. And, <laughs> um, and the year before, you know, they had a running. Uh, Najee Harris caught the ball twenty-seven times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they throw the ball a lot to their receivers mm-hmm. or to their running backs, rather. And so that's one thing I, I'm particularly interested in watching those wrinkles come into play. So look, obviously, a lot of uh, attention is going to be paid to the quarterback competition between Casey Thompson and mm-hmm. Hudson Card. 
they put a lot on the on the quarterback. You know, like they put a lot on and 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 kind of hearing him kind of talk about the differences between Mac Jones, who he had this year, and 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 Tua Tagovailoa, who he had the year before. One of the things that he he has said is that. Mac Jones is a lot more regimented. He's a lot more, you call the play, I'll make the read. A little, I don't want to say robotic, but it's like right. he's very good at making the read, making the play. Tua was a little bit more of an improviser, a little bit more of a guy who will call an audible at the, at the line of scrimmage, get a little bit more creative with things. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, no matter what, that, that we could talk about the ability to throw the ball, we could talk about how, how they spin it, or, or however you want to say it, right? And obviously you've got to have those skill sets. But I think that in watching this and, and learning about him, this is going to come down to who grasps Steve Sarkeesian's offense the best. Right. And it's going to come down to who is able, to, especially to make those reads that he particularly needs them to make to make this offense successful. So it's I'm interesting. Up. I will. I'll. I'll try to find a way to um, maybe when we put this video up on on the site, I'll. I'll. I'll also link to the Steve Sarkeesian Clinic. That's worth your time and and, and really kind of d- diving into the X's and O's of what makes his offense work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it comes down to giving the quarterback choices, but making sure that they're choices that you're okay with and not letting him go out there and freewheel it. And I think the biggest thing that people need to start watching out too, especially maybe this isn't for right now, but in the years after this is I think that there's going to be some big action going on with offensive line recruits because especially if they're focusing so much on hitting those quick little short passes out to the running backs, Mm -hmm. they have got to figure out how to get the best possible offensive line that they can or else none of that works. So I think big, big hounding on the trenches is going to start coming for recruiting with the Longhorns. So there you go. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. It's our subscription package. You get the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed to you early, plus a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, all for pennies a day. Yep, like literally. Um, How many pennies a day? I know it's under 10 cents. Mm, for a year, it's 8 cents a day. 8.2 cents a day. That's crazy. Come to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, <laughs> TexasFootball.com, slash subscribe for 8.2 cents per day. We should have that. We should just say if you want to pay us, like, like you... no, nah, it's dumb. That's a bad idea. Don't listen to me. Cut this out. He's not a sales guy. Yeah. Can you cut this out? Yeah, I got you. Cut this out. This, is, this isn't live, This right? never happened. <laughs> you know, Pickle, it's, it's funny. A little bit earlier, you were saying how cold it is here in the studio. It has been. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. It's warming up a little bit. It's starting to feel pretty hot. Excuse me, with our good friend, Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Uh, each week we ask a member of the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew to come up with their hottest take, to issue it on TexasFootball.com, and then come on this very show and defend it. And up on TexasFootball.com, you will find Greg Powers' new piece uh, that says, Texas colleges produce better NFL talent on defense instead of offense. 
Uh, Powers, first and foremost, it's good to see you. Hey, thanks for having me, as always. So I want to dive into your piece up here on TexasFootball.com about the, the defense versus the offense because I think I think people look at the NFL right now and they say they see Pat Mahomes and they see Kyler Murray and they see Baker Mayfield and they're thinking, boy, Texas sure has a knack for, for putting out uh, a lot of offensive talent. You're kind of taking the other side of it and you're saying that if you really want to make the NFL right now and be a big-time player in the NFL coming from the state of Texas, you're better off being on the defensive side. In a way, I'm saying Texas colleges produce more defensive talents, which is an interesting way to look at it because you named three very good quarterbacks there who left the state of Texas and didn't play their college ball uh, in-state. Kyler Murray comes with a bit of a disclaimer. I mean, he did start his career out at Texas A&M. Baker Mayfield as well started his career out at Texas Tech. Uh, But Jalen Hurts went to Alabama and then transferred to Oklahoma. There's some really good quarterbacks who come from the Lone Star State. Uh, but an interesting thing that I found out when doing research for this to make this point is that Texas, a uh, Texas college hasn't produced an NFL draft pick in the last three years. Uh, so that was really surprising to me, uh, considering the amount of talent that the, the Texas high school football programs do pump out at that position. So that, and another interesting thing to me too is, you know, we have a lot of great wide receivers year over year. Uh, in Texas high school football. The highest draft pick in the last three years was Jalen Rager at 21 uh, from TCU, and that's the highest offensive draft pick in the last three years. If you're a great defensive lineman, you have yeah. a better chance of getting drafted high, and Ed, Ed Oliver and LJ Collier can attest, for, attest to that as they are the two highest draft picks uh, that have come from a Lone Star State College in the past three seasons. Well, you add in a guy like Marcus Davenport there at UTSA. Uh, I mean, Ross Blacklock, also from TCU. Um, I would even say, I'd even zoom out a little bit more, and I'd say that what Texas has done a great job of producing for the NFL isn't just defenders, and you make the point on TexasFootball.com that it's that 60% of the NFL draft picks um, in in the past three drafts uh, have come from the defensive side, but also... You'll take a look, especially at those at those uh, at the kind of the first seventy some odd picks. It's a lot of front seven. It's not you, you've got a couple safeties in there. You got guys like you know Brandon Jones and, and Jeff Gladney at the cornerback spot. But really, where Texas is making its hay is up front and in that linebacker core, and that seems to be the real uh, the the real kind of connective tissue behind what these drafts have looked like. I agree 100%. And you, you said the number 60%. Um, out of the 54 positional draft picks in the last three classes, 60% of them have come on the defensive side of the, the football. And when you look at that statistic, it's kind of telling because I did a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, 51% of all drafted players were defensive players to 49% on offense. So there was a, a slight skew to the defensive side of the football there, but not something that's so alarming to say, oh, well, more defensive players just get picked, and that's why. Um, you know, and, and to me, it was surprising because I don't think of the colleges. You know, TCU is kind of a – you get a disclaimer with TCU because Gary Patterson knows how to develop defensive talent, and they, by and large, have sent some pretty good players into the league on the defensive side of the football. But if I look at all the rest of the college programs, 
um, I think of it as more of an offensive state. And I think look at our game as more offense biased um, as I watch high school games and college games. And, and there's a lot of attention in the national media. Can these guys even play defense? Um, and maybe there's that needs to come now with the disclaimer uh, that they can play defense, but they can also put up a lot of points. So, I mean, it's, but it's a weird thing to look at. I just didn't expect the numbers to skew so heavily to the defensive side. One and, and one last question for Greg Powers here on Hot Take Tuesday here on Texas Football Today is, I guess, why? Why do you think this is? Is it just a matter of colleges in the state of Texas do a better job of developing defensive talent than they do offensive talent? Is is it just as simple as that? Well, I mean, it, there's an interesting case, I think, to be made here for talent development, uh, especially to a school like TCU, which has put – out of the 10 names that I listed that were the top 10 highest picks, they put four of those names in. Um, then you have Ed Oliver, who's a one-off uh, freak, but Marcus Davenport, he was a guy who I think came out of basically nowhere. Jordan Brooks, Texas Tech, a, a guy who was the third highest or fourth highest pick on the list completely, but the third highest defensive pick on the list um, from Texas Tech. He, you know, he was a really good high school player, but I don't think a lot of people expected him to go into the, in the first round. Uh, necessarily when the NFL draft came around, especially when he was leaving high school. Uh, so, yeah, I do think there was a lot of talent development here. And I think about 50-50 out of those top 10 guys, about 50% of them were four or five stars, you know, at the top of the, the list. And the rest were guys who were developed as three-star talents who had the pedigree or the intangibles to turn themselves into top-tier picks. And, and that doesn't, I don't think, really – carry over to the offensive side of the ball as I looked at the bigger list a lot of the top offensive guys were uh, major major stars coming out of high school so it's, it's just an interesting case to be made about talent development and where that talent is coming from it, it's easy to see that TCU does a great job but uh, Texas Tech Texas A&M um, Texas UTSA the, the rest of the list was split up there was no other school that had two lists on here in the top 10 guys so outside of TCU I mean it's, I guess the chances are much greater that you could get drafted from any of the programs as long as you are developed in the correct way. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete, and he'll be back here tomorrow. So if you yeah. if you just need more Greg Powers in your life, <laughs> great news. He'll be back tomorrow for this week in recruiting. Powers, appreciate your time. Appreciate your piece on TexasFootball.com. Thanks for having me. There he goes. Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete joining us here for Hot Take Tuesday. It's an interesting kind of dive into the data that, that I think, you know, we get so enamored with uh, the offensive guys and, and with the Jalen Ragers mm -hmm. and, and especially, I would say, especially on the offensive side, especially the, the offensive linemen, right? With the, right. the Will Hernandez's and the Eric McCoy's and the Connor Williams's and the, and the Josh Jones's, et cetera, that maybe we're overlooking the fact that, yeah, this is a state that does a pretty good job of putting out some quality defenders as well, uh, perhaps more so than the offensive side. Well, I also, as we were talking about it, it sprung into mind, if you think about some of the really good Texas high school football players that end up going to in-state colleges, a lot of them, they're, they're the it guy on the team, so they're playing offense, mm -hmm. they're playing defense, they're doing all this stuff. In high school, they don't really have time to specialize, but by the time they get to college, they end up being, you know, we're going to keep you just on the defensive line. We're going to keep you just at linebacker or, or just in the secondary. And then they get that time 
to really specialize and they were already such a stud athlete mm-hmm. that it feels like that trajectory is able to happen a lot more on that side of the ball when they can go to college and specifically focus on the defensive side of the ball rather than being the it guy in high school. Most certainly. So very interesting to see and appreciate uh, Greg Powers for joining us here on Texas Football today. And now we go live over to – we just need like a name for your area. Yeah, I mean – the Citadel <laughs> to talk to the Duchess of the Dorks for America's second favorite segment final thoughts um I don't really have any final thoughts after that okay my bad my bad you gotta up your final thoughts game yeah your final thoughts have been slipping lately I'm not I, I don't wanna I don't wanna yeah. be a jerk here but uh do better we'll get there do better it's gonna do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Greg Powers and Axel Lafley for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for more Greg Powers on Texas Football Today. <laughs>